go get an update on the Mel Tucker situation. Also, Michigan State back on the football field Saturday against Maryland. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports, radio, TV guy, AM 7.30, weekday mornings at 10 a.m. in Lansing. Huge show is carried in Lansing weeknights, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. on the game, AM 7.30. Tim is standing by. How you doing, my friend? Good, Bill. Nice day today. Good day. Beautiful day. What a September we've had. And we've had bad Septembers before, but at least we're going to get out of it, it looks like, with every single weekend great for football. So, terrific. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, A couple of quiet days, actually. A quiet 36 hours in the Mel Tucker situation. Are you hearing uh, anything uh, out of the MSU campus? Well, I think Michigan State's team... uh, You know, they've now had a game without Tucker, and they've had a game with that staff adjusted, and they've had a chance to look at some tape against a really good team. I'll tell you, Bill, I've seen a lot of football in Spartan Stadium. I saw the 95 Nebraska team clobber Saban's first Michigan State team, and I saw the 66 Notre Dame team, which was a national champion of the 10-10 tie game, and I thought those were two terrific teams, the best I'd seen. But I tell you, that Washington team to me, my first thought was when I watched that game, I said, if these guys came to the state and played Michigan, I wonder how that game would turn out. I think Washington is really, really good. All right, so state didn't do much, but at least they get now a chance to measure where they are against the best because that, you know, they're going to get some obvious, some, some big matchups coming up down the road. I think the Maryland game is obviously crucial in a variety of ways. I don't know if the Lions have a must win. They got 14 more, but Michigan State has got a shorter schedule. They got five road games left after they get done with the fourth home game. I think I'm a little different from most people around here. It's not that I think State's that great. I, I'm I'm suspect with Maryland, Bill. I I don't think the quarterback there, even though we're an eight point favorite, I, I gotta see him play the way that Washington's quarterback Michael Penix did. I know Maryland's three and all, but they've been all home. They've had a struggle early on in two of those games, and I just think off one game now that State's kinda shaking it off now, the the shock of losing Tucker, and now they know the fate of this all the way around. They know Barnett's going to finish the season. They know that staff's going to finish the season. If nothing else, they can settle down now and see if they can play better than that. And I would think if for no other reason, Maryland is not what Washington is, even though Maryland is 3-0. and Now, would I be shocked if Maryland won this thing 30-14? to Not shocked, but I would be somewhat surprised because I just would have a hard time thinking that they fell apart as much as they did. Um, so we'll see. It's the Obviously, it's the angle, the intrigue. And like Harlan Barnett said this week, the key is discipline. He thinks that they had too many players that were out of position that were a little – I think they were shaken up, Bill, by all that last week. And then when they got behind right away, you know, now you're playing from behind and you know you're going to have to – and it's 35 to nothing at half. The game is over. The crowd left and all that. But if they can put that behind them, I think they can clearly play with Maryland. If they don't, then your 4-8 and eight looks optimistic. If they do win, I don't think they'll win at Iowa in prime time, but at least they'll feel better about themselves with two-thirds of the schedule left to play. And away from football, uh, which Michigan State you know, has a schedule in the Big Ten, uh, like I said, kind of quiet with uh, Mel Tucker uh, news. Uh, are you hearing anything from your contacts inside East Lansing? 
Well, I think there is a list, uh, no question, that every athletic director assembles about potential candidates one way or the other. I mean, they're their focus is divided someone on that and they got to get past this tucker thing next tuesday which they are clearly going to try to do and once it gets out of the athletic department's hands and gets to the lawyers or whoever else then i think clearly it becomes an issue moving forward now i think one thing that's going to slow them down on this bill is what's the team going to do if the team struggles then that just accelerates the search for who they want. And they have decisions they have to make. I mean, are we going to go all out with the money and find a big-name guy? Are we? And it's hard to do that, you know, when you're doing it during a season. The, and I hear I, – I see the name P.J. Fleck, and I would be shocked if they go after him. I just don't see him as a fit at Michigan State. I don't know enough about Mike Elko at Duke. I watched him beat Clemson, but that was kind of a one-game thing. And I do think, Bill, Michigan State is going to be very, very, very – timid, if that's the right term, on this next hire, hoping upon hope it doesn't get, uh, you know, a disintegration like it did with the past hire that was rushed because D'Antonio left in February. I think anybody that speculates on a specific name beyond Harlan Barnett, who I do not think will get this job, but anybody that speculates on a specific name, in my opinion, it is simply that it is purely speculation. So, and I don't... I mean, I don't know why Mike Elko, I, I, I you know, he, I mean, look, who's red hot right now? Well, you know, Duke's undefeated. He started there a year ago and they were nine and four. He's got a big win so far this season, how they proceed moving forward. Then the next thing, Bill, who's going to make the call? Is that Alan Haller alone? Is that Alan Haller with a board of trustees? Is that Alan Haller with a sitting interim president? Did they wait to see if they can get a sitting president? I had Izzo on the air today and he's on the search committee of the president. And so, of course, I always tease him about that because I don't think he wanted to do it in the first place. And I asked him, are you on the timeline as a presidential search committee member to have someone Thanksgiving or is that all premature now? And I got the feeling thinking they would like to have a president by Thanksgiving. Well, that weekend is the weekend of the last Michigan State home game with Penn State. And if a president is named by then... He or she, are they included, not included, consulted? Does the new president know anything about big-time athletics or not know anything about athletics and kind of washes or her hands with that whole thing and give it to the athletic department? I mean, look, there are more questions here in all of this than there are certain answers other than the fact that I do think that it's going to come to uh, a final the decision on Tucker next Tuesday because they'll announce that he has been terminated and then let the legal games begin from there. And you have the Jones Day investigation on allegations of leaks and the word or words MSU officials plural was used. So what coach is going to come in here? You don't know who's safe. Uh, what if what if it's a high ranking official? or athletic director that leaked to whoever. I mean, I'm telling you, uh, you know, this this Michigan State dream list, and it happened with Michigan when they were going through Rich Rod and everybody after Lloyd Carr until they got Harbaugh, is that all these fans and, and the media guys all put out these lists of the biggest, hottest names who all want to come to East Lansing or Ann Arbor. And if you remember, Michigan State, because of the sudden resignation of D'Antonio, had to settle on a coach who was 5-7 and seven at Colorado. Well, it was a huge air ball. It was a huge air ball. Uh, you know, Bill, and look, uh, Monday morning quarterback's easy. When he got that contract extension after they rallied to beat Michigan, I said to myself, 
Michigan State is not a $95 million contract school. Maybe Oklahoma or Alabama or Southern Cal, maybe they are. Maybe even Michigan is. But Michigan State is not a $95 million contract school. That's way beyond what they've got committed to someone like Izzo or any other coach. And I thought at the time that is going to be an albatross for them because he's going to be expected then to win everything in sight, which was totally unrealistic. And I thought when he accepted that, I'd accept it too, but I thought that's good. That I thought it'll never get paid because one way or the other, he will never last through that thing because it's going to be a problem. Now that I see this issue coming up, no, I did not. But I think, Bill, if Michigan State's going to get out from underneath that, and remember, the people that got him that contract are all long gone for the most part. Okay, so now the current regime, and they've got some, they've got some financial issues there, Bill. They've got bills to pay on a lot of these facilities. They, they've got, they've got the new president's going to look at the ledger on athletic finances, which has not been made public. I'm telling you, they owe money for a lot of things. They've got 78 million in that football building. It's nowhere near paid for. They've got 20. $26 million in the hockey building. It's nowhere near paid for. They have other projects that are ongoing. They paid the women's basketball coach four times, which he was getting at Bowling Green. They got to get out from underneath Tucker's contract, however they have to do it. So he he didn't have to win one single game to get $95 million. The only way he could blow that was to violate his contract. Now that's going to be in dispute, but what won't be in dispute is they're going to get rid of him move on from there and I do think whoever the new coach is is going to have cards to play because as you say Michigan State's got some issues to deal with it won't be 95 million coming in the front door but there will be some protection in there for the next coach in a variety of different ways because he knows Michigan State is absolutely going to have to try to overcome the problem of what this contract led to you know money's the root of all evil in a lot of ways and I knew I didn't know how many he was going to win but when I saw what they were going to pay him, I remember telling staff guys, I said, that'll never, ever, ever get paid because you'll never last 10 years with that thing around his neck. I, I, and I believe that, believe me. Tim Stout, Stout on Sports on the Game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing, TV guy in the Lansing area, weekday mornings uh, at 10 a.m., like I mentioned. Huge show, tape delayed on the Game, 7.30 a.m. in Lansing, weeknights, 6 p.m. until 9 p.m. Yeah, no coach is going to walk into this hornet's nest Right now, you got investigations going on here. You got Title IX hearings. Uh, you got a termination uh, rebuttal period uh, going on right now. Uh, these fans, these message boards talking about every big name in America wants to come to Michigan State. It didn't happen last time. And Michigan had, well, if, if Michigan didn't have Hackett, they never going to get Harbaugh. I mean, all these schools just think every big name wants to come to their school. And you're right, depending on what is. Uh, the buyout, if there is any buyout, what is the settlement, if there is any settlement, who survives all of this? Because the one thing I'll tell you, Tim, where, uh, you know, who's at fault in this leadership? Is it having an interim president? Is it Haller? Is it the board of trustees? How do you allow everything to get back to where it is right now? In my experience here, Bill, and, you know, I mean, I've been on the air. I don't like to brag about it because it just makes you sound like an old fogey. But in my 54 years on the air here. Oh, my it God. Like there, yeah. It seems like there are so many occasions when these athletic hassles come up 
how often is somehow, some way, the Board of Trustees drawn into it publicly? I mean, last week, for instance, one of the board members, she thought, you know, I'm going to send out a news release that said we got to try to find out what the leak is. Well, you didn't need to do it publicly. Why don't you just tell the president, I want to find out how that happened. But so many of these board members through the years, in my experience, Bill, think I'm on the board, I matter, I like the publicity. I like the ego of this whole thing. And they all want to be included and involved more or less. You know, that's that's how they got into trouble with Tucker. Then the uh, and, and, you know, what I tell people at Michigan State, the, like Izzo says, they say, well, we need strong leadership. We need strong leadership. Define that. Define strong leadership at Michigan State, because you can be the biggest leader in the world, but you still got to get past eight board people, okay? Then you got to get past public opinion. Then you got to get past all your staff and all that. And I've always thought at Michigan State, there are so many chefs that are in the kitchen trying to make this thing work. Where Izzo gets a break, besides the fact his record keeps him safe, is that his longevity there and his wit, he knows exactly what buttons to push and how to play this thing. He was on today with me. I don't think he said a word to anybody since this all broke on September 10th. And he was very careful about it. I mean, he said, you know, he feels bad for the players and so on and so forth. Pretty much what you would thought. But strong leadership to me is difficult to define because the world is so much more complicated with so many people at Michigan State. And there's so much publicity. Then, as you say, you throw in all the social media. And if you're not winning everything, you know, I wonder how would this have played out if Tucker would have won 11 or 12 games last year? Would there be trouble? Yeah, but I think he'd have had some allies then because, gee, we can't lose this guy. We're winning all these games. Well, they didn't win, and they're not winning. And I also think one of his huge problems, which was the problem when they got him in the first place, what is he going to do to make himself friendly, available, and he's going to he's going to mesh with the Michigan State community the way that Izzo and other coaches here do? I never remember him doing that at all, or very, very limited in a lot of different ways. He had nobody to fall back on. So when their tough times came like this, I mean, all these other coaches around here in my time, Bill, they've always had allies, they've always had friends, of that. I just don't think Tucker ever cultivated that. I, I don't know what he does with his free time. I don't know where he's been or whatever. You always heard things and I don't know how this is going to play out and I don't know if he's guilty or innocent. I have no idea about that. But what he admitted to is what's going to get him terminated because Michigan State's going to make a huge deal that he violated his contract. We are firing him for cause. If you want to fight it in court, you know that's going to come. Then somebody else at the university can take that up and we're moving on with football. And I think that's the, the where the athletic department is with this right now. Now, whether it gets complicated down the road with the new president or not, that's a big stay tuned because I have no idea who's going to come in here and how it's going to look at that point. It's, hey, it's a soap opera. It's, it's, it is one of my guys here in the office says, Michigan, he says, the only reason you've been on with that show for 31 years is because you're next door to the gift that keeps on giving. He thought it was funny, and I think there's a lot of reality to it. And at that Jones Day report, the firm they hired to look into the possibility of leaks from within Michigan State leadership or offices, if that shows that the Brenda Tracy name and the report and things connected to it, whatever was leaked, that's a whole nother uh, hornet's nest. So we'll keep you posted, Tim. I appreciate your huge opinion on the situation. We'll talk next week. Good, Billy. Enjoy the weekend. And by the way, I don't know this guy the way you know him, but I heard him last night. 
I wish the world had full of coaches like Peter Sturzma at Hope College. I've never met him, don't know him, I, but listening to him, I wish the world had more coaches like that guy based off hearing him with you. I think Peter Sturzma, uh, again, his kids are uh, going to Hope still. I've told everybody, I, he, he's a D1. He has everything you need in a D1 coach right now outside of, uh, you know, D2 uh you know, FCS football experience, incredible leader. Same thing with Tony Anise at Ferris. And I, I was throwing out names when the message board was talking about, oh, somebody big may be hired. And I'm like, no, this might be the Eastern coach. Maybe you're Michigan State, you go a low-key route, and you take a guy who's going to roll up his sleeves, have a staff uh, that's credible. And I'm not saying this current staff is, but just everything with the program is about credibility. And Peter Sturzma uh, does had a D3 hope. And I think Tony Anise, his track record, how they looked against Montana on the road, what they've done in Big Rapids. I'm surprised that no Mac school or lower level tier mid-major D1s have come after him. But I know Ferris is lucky to have him and Hope is lucky to have Peter. I'll let him know you said that, my man, okay? Absolutely. I mean, I heard him. I bought into everything, and I thought Hope College is darn lucky to have a guy of that caliber based off listening to him with you yesterday. Yeah, we, we love you, Timmy. Take care, man. You too. Talk to you soon, Bill. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, I believe Sturzman could take over Michigan State and win right now as a D3 coach or a niece. I, I really do. They're that good.